Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The agreement that Ukraine signed with the United Nations, uh, with Turkey's assistance, that millions of tons of, uh, of grain, of uh, Ukrainian grain, should be released to a hungry world. The Russians have signed a similar but separate agreement with the uh, United Nations, also involving Russian fertilizer. And what did the Russians do? What did Adolf Putin do? A few hours later, he fired missiles into Odessa, which is the Black Sea port from which most of the, or much of the Ukrainian grain would be leaving by ship. So there's Putin for you. Uh, yeah, I, I tweeted the other day that there's a lot of questions here about just how necessary, and the ambassador was talking about the turbines being, gas turbines being released by Justin Trudeau's government, finally has a haircut that matches his personality, uh, that the gas turbines were going to be released, or had been released from Montreal, and uh, to Germany, and then to uh, to Putin. And so I, later I find out, and I guess can tell me if I'm right or wrong, those turbines weren't really necessary for Nord Stream 1 to begin operating again, which it did on Tuesday of this past week. The argument was that they needed it for Nord Stream 1. Then I heard they didn't really need it for Nord Stream 1. So, you know, I, I said if, if the Russians don't um, resume the flow of natural gas, then Mr. Trudeau will send a stern letter to Adolf Putin and demand the turbines be returned to Montreal. And Mr. Putin would, of course, immediately agree. Okay, enough of this. Think about this for a second. If I had said to you, five years ago, that five years from now we're going to be in a world where there is great concern about natural gas and oil supply for Europe, for the necessities of Europe, like heating your home, heating your stores, cooling your home, um, getting from point A to point B, that there was going to be massive concern about whether or not that was going to be possible. There would be massive concern that on a sophisticated first world continent, there would not be enough natural gas to keep the lights on. Washington Post story begins this way. Nuremberg has stopped illuminating its historic buildings. Hamburg landlords are rationing hot water, and Berlin may turn off non-essential traffic lights at night. Folks, this is July 2022. Germany may be turning off non-essential traffic lights in its capital city at night to save gas supplies. Um, so just a little bit of information for you here. Nord Stream 1 did begin pumping natural gas from Russia to Germany on Tuesday. Rest of the, most of the rest of the continent, I think, as well. The European Commission has urged countries to cut back gas use in case Russia switches off Europe's supply. Retail electricity prices for EU households up 44% in May of 22 over May of 21. Netherlands went up 167%. Italy up 118%. Europe doesn't have enough gas reserves as renewables have not been able to address the need. And that's the way it is. Germany has signed uh, new natural gas import deals, by the way, with the United States and Qatar. 
and is turning back uh, on the coal-fired plants. One of Western Europe's largest gas storage facilities was a few weeks ago less than 1% full. It's very, very concerning. And then I wonder whether Europe's energy crisis could, in fact, in any way, make its way to this side of the Atlantic Ocean. The United States is already pleading with the Saudis to increase their oil flow. And we know that in this country, we don't have export capability except sending oil to the United States. We, we can't send export. We can't export our natural gas anymore because well, we don't have the infrastructure. And uh, so could problems arise here? Thierry Bro is a professor at Sciences Po in Paris, leading expert on markets, geopolitics of oil and gas, and energy security. Professor Poe is an oil and gas expert of the French Energy Ministry, was in charge of security and supply, and is a regular contributor to Natural Gas World's website. Thierry, thank you very much for, for joining me on the program. Um, how much trouble is Europe in? Good, good afternoon, Roy. Yes, we are, we are in deep uh, trouble. But again, as you stated, I mean, remember, 18 months ago, the International Energy Agency, which is an OECD organization where Canada and Europe are, uh, published a report stating that it was not needed to invest in oil and gas. And this is why we are creating this big crisis. I think, again, as I stated to you, we are partially or fully responsible for this crisis. And, and, and just to give you an idea, I mean, we, we pride ourselves in this part of the world to be green. That's not the story any longer. But again, if you look at the data for 2021, so before this war, 2021 versus 2020, the fuel that we burn most in terms of growth versus 20. 2021 versus 20 was coal. So uh, Europe is priding itself of being green and efficient, etc. But uh, even prior to the war, we were burning more coal than the year before. And we are now going to face a huge crisis. Uh, as you rightly stated, we have to, to reduce our gas demand by 15%. This is going to be tremendously dif difficult. And I'm not so sure all member states will agree. And in the meantime, Putin, as you rightly said, has full power. He can decide what kind of recession we will face. If he turns off the pipe, Germany, full industry, will have to close out. Massive recession. And then he can decide, I increase it a bit or I decrease it, i.e. the recession uh, percentage is going to be decided by Vladimir Putin in Moscow. So they handed Putin the ball and said, now you make the rules. They just, yes. <laughs> it's insane. Unfortunately. But this is 15 years of Angela Merkel for you. Uh, for the last 15 years, I mean, we had a leader in Germany that was telling us, you can close nuclear, we are going to uh, use less energy. That's not the case. We are using more energy. And this is why we are facing the wall right now. Because of 15 years of Merkel, we have collectively to reduce our demand our gas demand by 15%. And this has nothing to do with greening the system. And this is where I'm, I'm, I'm a bit uh, upset because we are going to emit much, much more uh, CO2 because we are going to burn more coal. Yeah, and they're doing that now. Germany has, has fired up the coal plants, yes? Yes, even before, even in 2021, as I stated, okay. in 2021, yeah. Germany, but also France, yeah. have uh, increased the coal fire power plant. And coal is going to be the uh, our, our, our life-saving uh, fuel, which is 
completely insane in a world where we're supposed to be green. Yeah, it's insane to fire up the coal plants and refuse to fire up your nuclear plants. To me, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Yes, and, and, and this is why, again, I mean, people are looking at Germany and are not very impressed by the energy policy that has been implemented there in the last 15 years. But also we can look at uh, Germany and say that we weren't impressed by the way they pressured Canada to release those turbines, because as you rightly stated, there is absolutely no link between the turbines and the flow in Nord Stream 1. The flow in Nord Stream 1 is a political decision by Vladimir Putin from the Kremlin. Okay, so the whole position that was put forward that Germany needs the turbines to hand over to Putin in order for Germany not to be cut off from the natural gas that it requires from Nord Stream 1, that was just bogus, yes? It just, just wasn't true. Yes. I mean, you, as I told you on your program last time, I mean, Germany could have asked more gas flow via Ukraine. Germany, as you rightly said, should have decided to postpone the nuclear closure. I mean, there are ways. I mean, going to Canada to pressure uh, another democratic state to release something for Vladimir Putin is just showing that we are not united. And this is where Vladimir Putin plays. And again, this is what he's going to enjoy next week in Europe, because as you rightly said, uh, we have to put a plan where we are going to reduce collectively by 15% our gas demand, which is going to be tremendously difficult. And if we don't agree the 27, then this will show to Vladimir Putin that he has even more power than what he thinks. And again, he will have the power to decide the recession level in Germany. Yeah, would it, would it, it wouldn't be a stretch, would it, to uh, suggest that Putin, when it gets cold in Europe, says to someone at Gazprom, turn it off. I wouldn't say say, but order. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and this is why I've told you that I never thought he was going to do this right now in plain, in plain summer, but he yeah. has the weaponization of gas, and the weaponization of gas is much more powerful in plain winter than in uh, plain summer. And this is why, by the way, the Commission is rightly asking all of us to try to save gas now to have a safe winter, because if we don't save it now, we are going to face very, very difficult consequences uh, during winter. You told us on this program, Terry, about a month ago, that you had a concern then that there would be blackouts in Europe this winter. You still have that, obviously. Absolutely. And it turns out that I wasn't so, so far from reality. As you rightly stated, I mean, they are turning already lights out today uh, in, in big uh, cities to try to avoid. I mean, in, in swimming pools, there are stopping heating. They, they don't have, I think, uh, hot water in the showers in, uh, in, uh, in public uh, swimming pool in, in Germany any longer. This is the kind of, of life we are going to, to live, we are going to discover. And I think this will be, I think what we can say from this is Vladimir Putin wake us up because we were in a world where we believed everybody was going to be uh, clean, everybody was going to be friendly, and everybody at the end of the day will be a net zero in 2050. We that know is this awesome. is not... It was going to be one big happy windmill. Um, Thierry, just before we talk about some of the other issues in Europe, do you have any sense that what is happening in Europe now could drift over and become a fact of life in North America for Canada and the United States? Well, I think when you're looking at the oil, remember, the oil is a fungible market, uh, i.e. where the oil will go where the price is the highest. And because we have very little spare capacity right now, and we are 
consuming 100 million barrels per day of oil, and we haven't done the investment before, I fear that this crisis is going to be way longer than the usual one. Because in the old days, when you had extreme high prices, uh, OPEC or uh, Wall Street were investing in new fields. But as you've seen, Wall Street is quite, uh, quite hesitant, and OPEC has stated to Joe Biden, well, sorry, but you told us that oil was passé, and so therefore we are not going to overinvest. So I think the boom and bust cycle that we've seen in the oil is going to be a way longer time this time, unfortunately, for consumers. Okay, so we're not 100% safe here because we choose not to be. We could be. In fact, we could be easily providing Europe, European nations, France, Germany, where the natural gas you require, but we don't have the export capability, and that was largely due to the fact that the current government of Canada decided that, well, they made their decisions on, on energy issues. Now, what is, what's the reality for countries like France, your country, Italy, the UK? And is there, I don't want to take this any further than it needs to be taken, but is there the chance that centuries-old um, anger between European countries could come to the surface if somebody starts hoarding supplies? Well, uh, my country has, in fact, two crises to manage. We have this gas crisis, but we also have the nuclear crisis because, unfortunately, half of our nukes are offline because they are, they have, they are facing some corrosion problems, so, which means we, we can't do this fuel switching any longer in France, and which means that all Europe will suffer from the fact that France doesn't produce as much as nuke as uh, in the old days. And, and what, what, what the Commission is trying to find is to implement this solidarity mechanism, the fact that we all try to solve this crisis. And again, 15% is massive. I mean, we haven't seen a 15% drop in energy demand and in gas demand in this in this case, even even during COVID. I mean, we I mean, COVID was really, really special. And so uh, this is going to be very, very painful, be it for France, be it for Italy. And interesting enough, the European Commission wants everybody to do this. And as I told you earlier, remember, We've been lectured for 15 years by Chancellor Angela Merkel that we should go greener, that we should have closed our nuclear, that wind and solar was going to be the solution. And so there are some countries, and in particular the country in the south, that suffer huge recession in, after the financial crisis and didn't get any help from Germany that may not vote for this. And interesting enough, you need a qualified vote for this. So if you have six big countries or smaller countries that vote against this, then this means this solidarity mechanism isn't going to be implemented, which means Vladimir Putin can have a laugh. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.